So I'm guessing you've, uh, if you've been around a child or kids, if you've been around younger kids, maybe you've done this. Um, you've probably said these words. Now, what do you say? Right, right. You give somebody something and if they just take it, now, what do you say? And then maybe you even do like where you pull it back. Wait, what, what's the magic word? No, well, that's please. Probably the please is the magic word. But I suppose there's, you know, there's please, and then there's think. When, why do we do that? Now, what's that? It's the way we were raised. You know, it's one of those things. We were taught to do it, and so then, um, you know, and we, we, we do it too. Maybe another, what's another reason? Got another one? You want them to be thankful, but why? Why should they be thankful? Why does think, being thankful matter? Shouldn't take it for granted. Ah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. One of the other things, and let's just be honest here, you don't want your kid to be the root kid on the block. <laughs> I mean, that's part of it too, right? You know, like, <laughs> like you want your kid to have good manners, things like that. But there's a lesson that we have before us tonight that will help us see that there, there's something really, really blessed. And it's, it's kind of connected with the not taking it for granted, but it goes deeper than that. There's something really beautiful about saying thank you. And there's really a blessing to us, a gift to us when we know who to thank, and when we go through that process of saying thank you. So tonight, we're going to consider why. Why say thank you? Now, for our lesson, we're going to go through Psalm 54 as a whole, but really especially fo- focus in on Psalm 54, verse 6. But let's read the whole psalm. For the director of music was stringed instruments, a maskal of David. When the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, Is not David hiding among us? Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard regard for God. Selah. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness destroy them. I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all my troubles. My eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. Now, to really appreciate this lesson, it's good for us to really go back to where we see David's really probably most well-known event, at least initially, from his life. When you think of David, you think of David and Goliath, right? When David's that young man and he boldly goes and challenges the giant because he's believing that God will hand Goliath over to him and he uses that slingshot and that stone, and he kills Goliath. But right away after that big event is when things start to really get challenging for David. Because it's after David kills Goliath that as David's coming back, people are celebrating, and they say that King Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And Saul hears this, and he gets jealous. And this is where it starts to turn in a negative direction. He starts to be jealous of David. There is this troublesome spirit that comes upon Saul. And so then Saul starts to get angry at David. He actually throws a spear and tries to kill David with his spear. And then he starts this whole long period of his life where he just keeps trying to go after David. He kind of goes back and forth. Like he goes after David, they search for him. And then David goes and hides out And then God delivers David, or actually sometimes there's an an opportunity for David where he could actually get Saul, but 
David trusts God and he, and he hangs back and he doesn't do it. And so then Saul's like, oh, wow, you're more righteous than me. And then Saul leaves him alone for a while. But then he comes back and he does it again. And, and when you think about the Psalms, many of the Psalms come from these times where David is literally hiding out for his life as Saul is going after him. And keep in mind, too, David has been anointed privately that he's going to be the next king of Israel. And yet he spent a good chunk of his life hiding out. And I just put that little tidbit in there because if you've ever been like, okay, God, I'm sure you got a big plan for me. I could see you do. But right now I feel like I'm hiding out in the cave, <laughs> like I'm in the dark. That's where David was, right? And I can only imagine how frustrating. Like, God, I know you've got, you're going to fulfill your plan for me. You said you would, but right now it does not look a thing like it. That, that's David's story. That's David's life. And Well, our psalm today is in this kind of setting. Because in our psalm, we're told, and we can kind of go past the first part. It's for the director of music, stringed instruments. That's, that's a music. It's a song. But let's pick up here. When the Ziphites had gone to Saul and said, is not David hiding among us? So David was hiding out, and this group of people, the Ziphites, went to Saul and said, hey, David is, is here. And so now Saul and his army are coming after, after David. What proceeds now is his prayer to God. Where he says, save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Selah. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those who slander me. In your faithfulness, destroy them. But then it's when we get to verse 6 that we can really hone in on the insight to why, why now saying thankful, saying thank you can be such a gift for us. Because when you get to verse 6, David says, I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I'm just going to pause there because when it says I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you, in the original language, it's, it's kind of it's cool the way it's laid out. It literally says, in a voluntary gift, I will sacrifice to you. Now, when you think about a sacrifice in the Old Testament, you're thinking like an animal sacrifice, something like, or, or a grain sacrifice, or something along those lines. I'm using the picture of a, a, a gift that we give here because it helps capture the, the attitude with this. Because notice, it starts out by saying, in a voluntary gift. You know, you think of how you, you love someone, you care for someone, and so it's their birthday and you want to give them a gift. For Christmas, you want to give someone a gift or whatever it may be. Or, or maybe you think about that, uh, about that time when you were, you know, in that romantic relationship and it was starting up and you wanted to get them gifts all the time, you know, things like that. It's that whole, like, genuine, like, I just want to give a gift. So here, David is saying, in this voluntary gift, something that's going to come free will from me, says, I'm going to give an offering to you. But the way it's worded in the original language, so in, in our English translation, it says, I will do this. So it's like a, it sounds like a future thing. The way it's worded in the original language is that it's expressing, actually, it's like, it's like David is, it's really hard to communicate in our English, but it's like he is encouraging himself to do this in a way. It's almost like a daily affirmation, like I will be strong. I will do well. I will, I will do this. Where it's like, this is something that I'm wanting to happen, but in doing so, in saying this, it's like an encouraging of oneself that I will do this. I will, or in a voluntary gift, I will sacrifice to you. So there's something that, that he's wanting to happen, 
But as he's saying this, he's kind of getting the ball rolling. So he's got this idea. He wants to give this sacrifice to God, this to-do thing, and now he, he's, he's in the process really of doing it in a way. Like he's getting it going. Like, I will do this. In a voluntary gift, I will sacrifice to you, and then I will praise you. And I love the word praise. It could be translated. Some translations say thanks. I will give thanks to you. But it literally means to throw the hands. And I love that picture. You think of in the Old Testament, often worship, you know, people put their hands up. In many worship settings today, people will put their, put their hands up. Um, or outside of the worship setting, when you praise somebody, what do we do with our hands often? If you're going to celebrate someone, maybe you'll do this, right? Clap hands. or like, yeah, you know, you just put your hands up and that's good. Or like whatever it may be, we tend to use our hands um, to, and by the way, and if you ever want to use your hands, you just go ahead. That's fine. Um, it's a completely good way to celebrate God or other things for that matter. High fives, whatever. You know, people use our hands to celebrate. That's this idea here with God is I will, and again, like I, I will do this. I will be strong today. I will, in a voluntary offering, give this gift to you. I will throw hands to you. So he's moving this along in himself. And he's going to move it along in himself to throw hands at the name of God. Not just at God, but the name of God. This is something I know I've mentioned it a few times before, but it's, it's something that I've had, had to that was somewhat new to me a few years ago. I, I, I grew up knowing the name of God and, and so on, but, but it didn't click to me a few years ago that the name of God is more than just the name. And it's more than even just a reputation. That in Scripture, the name of God is often used to communicate God's personal presence, power, and activity. And let me give you an example. Like, say, Deuteronomy chapter 12. And it's talking here about where, you know, you think about the tabernacle or the temple the most holy place where the presence of God would be, right? Well, it's described as then to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. His name's going to live there. Well, what do we mean? It's just his title's going to live there? His reputation? No, his presence, his power. And in the Old Testament, it talks about the angel of the Lord. Well, his, it's described as the, the, the name of God is in him. This gives a whole lot more meaning when you think about not taking the name of the Lord in vain because the whole idea is that actually like you are people of God himself. He is present among you. His power is among you. is working among you. So if you're going to claim that God is at work here and he's really here with you, but you're going to live the opposite direction, you profane the name of God. It's a whole lot more than just a title. Well, here saying, I will praise your name. I'm going to throw hands at your name at your personal presence and your power and your activity in this world. Now this is something that that where we can begin to see really the beauty of saying thank you because when you throw thanks and throw hands at the name of God, his presence, his activity, something good happens. Now I uh I, I need to illustrate this in a different kind of way today. So I've got let's see um, I've got something back here. I'm going to volunteer someone. Let's see. Where's Harper at? Harper, I think, would be good with this. Harper, I have two blindfolds because I want to make sure you don't cheat, okay? Can you put these two blindfolds on? And in case you're wondering why I just have blindfolds, we play this game at our youth ministry where someone has to have a 
Nerf gun and they're blindfolded and they try to shoot people blindfolded. It's really fun. But I, I don't just have blindfolds normally. It's just, it's for that, okay? Now I'm gonna get a second volunteer once she has her blindfolds on. Are they on? Okay. All right, now, Harper, you can take the blindfold off. What did you get in your hand? A Skittles. Well, that's good. Do you like Skittles? Yeah, good. Excellent. Now, the person who gave it to you has more. <laughs> Do you know where to get them from? They're not back there. <laughs> the person has them. The person has them. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, when you don't remember where it came, if you don't pay attention to where it comes from or you don't know where it comes from, you can't go back to it for more. You can't go back to the person for more. This is part of the beauty of saying thank you. You can take the blindfold off your head now, by the way. And do you want to go give her another piece of candy since she was such a good sport? Go for it. Go give her another and get yourself one too. That's fine. There's more in there. Yeah. Yeah. When you say thank you, you recognize... There's more. Give them to your siblings. It's fine. And sorry, not sorry. <laughs> They're going to have pie afterwards anyway. They're fine. <laughs> um, but when you say thank you, you recognize not just the gift. When, like, when you had the blindfold on, you saw the, you, had, you got the Skittles. Good, right? But if you had the blindfold off, you could see who also had the bag of them and could give you more. See, and this is the difference between having your eyes closed to who's given you the gift and then seeing who actually gives it to you. Then when you can see who gives you the gift, you see that they are the source of the gift. And you can go back to them again and back to them with what you need. You can get another thing of Skittles or whatever other sugary thing I just gave you there. Yeah. And this is part of the beauty of throwing hands at the name of the Lord. Because the name of the Lord is his presence, his power, right? It's his activity in his world. And when you praise the name of the Lord, you're looking at the source, the one who is at work in this world in your lives. That's part of the beauty of how it's not just I praise the Lord here. It's one thing to praise the Lord, but it's another thing to praise his name because his name is active and it's here and it's present and it's working. It's part of the reason why in our background lesson, Jesus also praised, praised the name of God. And we're going to get to that in a moment. But before we do, I want you to look at verse 7 here. For he has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. It, it's interesting. Do you remember what the, set, the setting is when David says this, this prayer? What's going on? Saul's after him, right? And yet at this point he says, 
for he has delivered me from all my troubles. So my eyes have looked in triumph from all my foes. Now, there could be a couple different things going on here. One, as he praises God, perhaps he's being reminded of how God has taken care of him in the past. Praising God took the blindfold off so he could see who the source was who took care of him in the past. But then the other thing it could also be is by taking the blindfold off, because he saw who the source was who took care of him in the past, he also could see who would be the one who would take care of him now and in the future. And so by praising God, he can make this bold statement. He has delivered me from all my troubles, celebrating what has happened in the past, but also that what's going on right now, God's going to deliver him from that too. And he's going to deliver him again in the future. When you say thank you and you remember the source, you remember what he's done, it changes how you view what's going on right now and what you view, how you view what is to come. And I already alluded to it. I was kind of jumping ahead accidentally there. About how Jesus, he praised the Father, that the Father heard him, right? And he said specifically, I said this. He said, I know, I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. I thanked you, God. I thanked you, Father, so that they would believe in you too, so that they would see who the source is, so that they would see who is doing this. When you thank God, you point to the source. Why say thank you? Because saying thank you takes you back to the source. Saying thank you takes you back to the one who has delivered you and who is able and present to deliver you now and again in the future. But now, one of the things that we experience as people who are born in this world sinful is that we aren't naturally thankful we don't naturally look back to the source and we can trace this very clearly back to when this all started. Again and again, we go back to Genesis, right? Everything, I've said it before, I'll say it again. The more we keep Genesis 1 through 3 in our minds, the more clear everything else in Scripture is. Everything's rooted there. And remember, when God created everything and God created all these trees in the garden and he said to Adam and Eve, eat from them and Scripture describes the trees as being good for food and pleasing to the eye. All these beautiful trees, including the tree of life, he gave them to them. But then when the enemy approaches them and they're at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that tree that they weren't to eat from, as an opportunity for them to trust God to be their source, what did they do? Well, Eve saw that the fruit of this tree looks good for food and pleasing the eye, which is weird, which is a weird thing because all the other trees are described the same way. They already had it. But instead of remembering that God is the one who actually put those trees there and gave them and said, here, eat, rather than trusting the source, she got fixated on the fruit. And how often do we do that same thing too? I need the thing. I need the deliverance. There's this thing going on in my life and I, I, need, I need help with that thing. That thing is good. Skittles are good, but having a bag full of them is better, right? Having that one thing come in your hand is a good thing, but knowing who gave it to you is even better. Remember the source. 
Oh, I love that in this psalm. David said, I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. See, Adam and Eve, they were at the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and instead of trusting God to give them what is good, they took the fruit their own way and they brought all the, the bad in this world. And that word evil is probably better translated as bad. All the bad stuff in this world came as a result of getting fixated on the fruit. But the name of God, his presence, his power, his activity in this world is good. And the name of God took on human flesh. The word of God took on human flesh, became the man Jesus to come into this world, to trust his father every step, to remember who the source was every moment so he could go to the cross and pay for your sins and mine, take the justice for them, defeat them and conquer them and rise again to give us life again with the source. You're forgiven. You have that life with him today and for eternity. The name of God is good. When we celebrate Thanksgiving, when you have our pie tonight and you have your Thanksgiving celebration tomorrow and you say thank you to God, it's, it's good to be grateful, to not take it for granted. It's good to not have bad manners. It's good to keep doing what we've been taught forever, forever you know. But it's even better to know that you have access to the source. The source of life who was there at the beginning. The source of life who has come to restore life to us through his son Jesus. The one who sends his spirit to give us life to believe in him now. The one who gives us life for eternity. The one who gives us everything we need for this life. The name of God is good. And when you praise the name of the Lord, you praise the source. And when you praise the source, and you remember what he has done, it can change the way you look at whatever is going on in your life. Because if he's done it before, he can do it again. And if he's done it in the past, he can do it in the future. And when whatever is going on, you know that he is the one who gives you life. So even if life doesn't look good, because the name of the Lord is good, you can know it all will turn out for good. Knowing the source, meeting the source, having life from the source, having life with the source, that's why I say thank you. Now to help us hit home, we're gonna watch a little video on gratitude. Gratitude, it's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not some nostalgic or wistful memory of what has been or some nebulous hope of what might be. It's not a fair weather friend that draws close to you in the summer and then abandons you in the winter. It's not dependent on circumstances or only for warm, fuzzy moments. Gratitude, after all, is a choice. An act of the will where we place ourselves completely in God's will, no matter what happens. A determination to hope in the Lord in the midst of both happiness and sorrow. To give thanks for the good things he has given and the good things he has taken away. An inexpressible confidence in his love, an inexplicable peace in his will. It turns pain into joy, trial into triumph, sorrow into sanctity suffering into redemption. 
Gratitude gives thanks to God not because things are good, but because He is good. In gratitude, our wills become one with God's, so that we bless Him for the life He has given us and long for the day when He calls us home. Not my will, but yours be done. And so for all the good things that are to come, and all the heartaches too, O oh Lord, we give you thanks.